Welcome, welcome, welcome to all you Blazer Gonians out there. I'm your host, Boyd Urban, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Blazer Gang podcast. We are here in the Henry V Studios in North Portland. To my left, we have none other than Wang. How you doing today, Wang? I am doing fantastic as always, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Where can the folks find you online? Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at WangerBanger300 and at Instagram at WingOut16. All right. Make sure you guys are hitting him up. And across from me, we have Blazer Gang staff writer and my good personal friend, Anish Namburi. What up, Anish? How's it going, Bo? I'm doing great. How about you? You got a lot of good albums coming, or articles, <laughs> not albums. Uh, you got He's a lot of good stuff You, don't, you don't know that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I might got some heat. Something back in him Texas. Him and Dame are producing an album, if you didn't know about that. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Nambrizi underscore. All right. And last but not least, all the way from Los Angeles, we have Josh Rodriguez, who is the host of the Dime NBA podcast. What up, Josh? Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're so excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. And don't forget, guys, make sure you all are following us on Facebook as Blazer Gang, Instagram as the official Blazer Gang twitter we are at blazer underscore gang and of course subscribe to our brand new podcast on itunes google and spotify leave us a five-star review send us your thoughts uh we like to hear from you guys we love that fan interaction and it gives us more stuff to talk about uh last but not least january 19th we have blazer gang's eighth anniversary coming up uh so stay tuned for that make sure you're keeping an eye out on our socials we got a Brand new Rise Above apparel line that's about to drop on the 19th. So keep an eye out for that. So let's just get right into this here, Josh. I'm curious, what does your Western Conference hierarchy look like? All right, so I think no one's better than the Warriors. I, I want to say the Nuggets are better. I want to say the Rockets are better. But at the end of the day, if you're going to ask me, can a team in the Western Conference beat the Warriors four to seven times? I'm going to say no. So I have the Warriors at top. Personally, I'm a huge Denver Nuggets fan. I love Jokic. I love the way they move the basketball. I think they're very deep. I think they have guard play, which I do think you need in the playoffs. They kind of just, they kind of concern me defensively, but I think at the end of the day, I, I, I would put them second. So I have the Warriors, Nuggets. Then I have Houston. Um, I know you guys might have some beef with that because mm. you just beat them. <laughs> <laughs> but I think when Chris Paul comes back, I think he's going to fit right in. Um, they will get healthier. Eric Gordon's out a little bit right now as well, and they're still playing okay basketball. I think they're going to turn it around there. And then I have Oklahoma City in at number four. Um, Paul George is having an MVP season. Russell Westbrook, I mean, he's, in my opinion, very erratic. I don't really trust him much, but he seems to be deferring to Paul George this year. And I think that's better for the team. But I wouldn't put him over any of the three teams that I've, I've listed. Mm-hmm. And then I got you guys, the Blazers, at five. <laughs> a little bit of love. You get a little love? A little more love than you showed us on your podcast. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into it. I, it's, all, it's all going to make sense. Okay. Um, I, I like the Blazers. I, I think there's only four legit teams in the West. So the Blazers are the first of the teams that I just don't believe in, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I, I like game a lot. I just think that a lot of the problems have to do with well, – there's two main problems with the Blazers that I have, and that's one, CJ and Dean kind of have the same game. 
what do you do with that? And then two, like, there's really no, you have a mean, you have heart, you have more heartless, but there's not a three and D player that you can really rely on. And I don't really trust it that much. So we can get into it if you want, but I do like the team. I just don't think they're at all a contender at all. So, when you said we're on the outskirts of the, yeah. uh, being the fifth seed in the West, how many wins do you think we're going to end up having compared to fourth, uh, which was OKC? So, I mean, I, I can't do the math off the top of my head. Sure. Uh, we're at, okay, like, we're, we'll just go with, we're, we're at 26 and 17 right now. So we got, what, 39 more games left? Yeah. I say you get low 50s. Okay. 52, 53. And so you think, so based on this, we would be the fifth seed, correct? And then OKC would be the fourth? Yes. I would have the Lakers in front of you guys, too, by the way. But LeBron's out. I have no idea what's going on. And, mm-hmm. and, and you think that because Paul George is having an MVP, let's say he's having an MVP career, you think that they're going to sweep us? Or do you think it's going to be a tough matchup? No, that's a tough matchup. That's a tough matchup. Okay. I, I think what happened last year against New Orleans was kind of an anomaly. They didn't really play well. Right. I think the Pelicans were just playing out of their minds. I did get you guys to win that series, by the way. All right. I just want to. Um, I just want to add, though. Last year we did sweep OKC. Did you? Yes. Well, I think I, that's. I think OKC's last year team is, is a completely different team this year. I think Paul George is more. I mean, they have Paul George and Westbrook. But they're playing differently. I mean, Paul George is, is an MVP candidate. He's the main guy this year. I mean. Oh, Media will let you think that it's Russ, but it's really Paul George's team, in my mind at least. Yeah. And Russ is deferring to him. I mean, Russ isn't shooting well right now. He's not even playing his best basketball, mm-hmm. and they're still playing very well. They're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Steven Adams is one of the best centers in the league. Um, I, I, I like them a lot, and I think Dennis Schroeder's actually added some nice depth to their bench, so they are different. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Like, they obviously are, like you said, one of the best defensive teams in the league. The thing that, that bothers me about OKC is just like their lack of shooting. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you know you're going to get good shots from Paul George, but like you, you know, your second best player is spotty at best. And then what no, happens? No, no, no. <laughs> he's been terrible. Someone, <laughs> There's no question. Someone about just pointed it. He's out been... he's almost at 103 missed three pointers in a row. West Westbrook is. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. nuts. Yeah, he needs to stop shooting the damn dirt. Yeah. <laughs> so. Who's your? Uh, you you had the Blazers at fifth. Who do you have after that? Because there's three more spots, and there's um, you know four or five teams that could fit in there. Well, I think the Lakers are eventually going to end up going on a roll or some type of streak when LeBron gets back. Unfortunately, no one really knows when that's going to be. But I can't see LeBron missing the playoffs or the Lakers missing the playoffs. I know right now they I think they're eighth seed right now, right? Am I? Yeah, no, yeah, they're right the eighth seed. Yeah, they're the eighth seed. Yeah, and I, I think I would have them around the four, maybe three, four, five around there, depending on how they look with LeBron going forward. But um, right now I have the Lakers as my six. And then, hold on, I just had this. Sorry, guys. My computer just froze on me. <laughs> so that's interesting. So the Lakers would be playing, what, the Rockets then? Uh, yeah. That'd be an Rockets. exciting series. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then I have yeah, Utah 7 and the Clippers at 8. Utah. Oh, so you have, San, would, you have San Antonio missing the playoffs completely. Yeah, I'm not a believer in San Antonio. Marcus had a nice game against uh, <laughs> <laughs> against OKC the other day, but he's been really bad this year. I like Utah a lot. I actually, um, it's going to sound funny now, it sounds like a bad take, but I had Utah at the three seed as my preseason predictions. I love Donovan Mitchell. I think they're great defensively. I think they move the basketball. Uh, I think they're a very well-balanced team. I think I maybe I was high on, on their performances last year, but I, I still believe in Utah to make it. And then the Clippers, I, I think they're very balanced. You know, you have Tobias Harris just having a career year. Danilo Gallinari's 
flying under the radar. They just they don't have a superstar, but they have a collection of pieces that just play well together. Their defense is a little inconsistent, but I think that at the end of the day, they're going to be in there as well. Yeah, I agree. I think Tobias Harris is a fringe all star mm-hmm. in the Western Conference. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't. I don't remember what, what. What did you say on the podcast on your podcast again about the Clippers? I think you had a little side note about them. Uh depends. I mean, the guy, the guest I had didn't like them. Okay. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mixed that up. Then. I, I like the Clippers. I, I think. They're, I think they're okay. I just, you know, their ceiling is excellent in the first round, but I like them. Yeah. And you know, they got Doc Rivers, who's a great coach. So. I like Doc. Yeah. 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 So uh, steering this back to the Blazers a little bit, uh, I know you talked, you said they don't have that 3 and D guy, and I think kind of the general consensus uh, up here in the Northwest is that we got to be buyers at the deadline here coming up. And okay. we've got a lot of, a lot of potential targets uh, that we've looked at and identified either through rumors or just personal interests. Uh, but I'm curious, who do you, is there a guy that you've targeted, or you know? I know you're not a, a an avid Blazer fan, but there's a, is there somebody out there that's available that you think might just fit in really nicely? Um, I think I think Kent Daysmore can. I like him. He can shoot the three. Um, I don't know if he's available in Atlanta right now. I don't know what they're doing with him. And I like I like Jonathan Simmons. Simmons is not really a three point shooter, but he does everything. He can play defense. And I like Otto Porter, too. His, his name wasn't thrown out there as much, and he's going to be very expensive, so you probably oh, yeah. have to give up a lot. I, I don't know if it's worth it. Um, but if the Wizards are tanking and the deal can be done, I think he might be worth it because he can get buckets on his own, too. So mm-hmm. those are the three that I like the most. Yeah, I think Otto, Port- Otto Porter scares me the most because of his contract and you know, yeah, the last yeah, few yeah. years here in Portland, we've had some pretty bad contracts. So taking <laughs> yeah. on a, what is he going to get, like 20 mil or something? I think it's just yeah, over. it's ridiculous. It's just over 25. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, so yeah. taking that in long term, right when we're getting done with, you know, Turner, Leonard, Harkless, it's kind of like a tough pill to swallow for me. But I do think he's a significant upgrade from Harkless. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I wouldn't argue that. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like it's kind of like a deja vu where we had kind of had that same mindset with like ET. Mm. Yeah. Well, what do you guys think of Bazemore? What's that? What do you think of Bazemore? I think he's good. He's a he's a good three and D guy, but I think he's more of a shooting guard than a small forward because he's what six four, six five. Six five. I mean, I yeah. understand that NBA is going more towards positionless, but still six four, six five for a small forward isn't isn't great. And when we when we have the guard depth that we have, I think a bigger wing is more mm-hmm. more in the cards for us. Okay. Yeah, the guy that sticks out to me the most, and this is kind of a wish list, but you never know what's going on with Atlanta. Uh, Tarion Prince, like 6'8", 24 years old. He can score yeah. the bucket. He, he can kind of do a little bit of everything. He's still young, and he's got a really nice contract. He's getting like 3.5 mil next year, and he's going to be a restricted free agent. Uh, so that especially in Portland, we always have trouble retaining players or getting guys to come here. So if we get a guy that's on a contract like that and we have the rights to him, you know, going forward for the next, you know, two, three, four years, uh, I think that would be a great fit. But again, young guy, lots of talent in Atlanta. That might be somebody they want to hold on to to build with. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure if they would be willing to give him up. I actually, uh, the Ringers, Kevin O'Connor on, a, on the Ringer NBA show was saying that the Blazers, Sixers, and Thunder could be interested in, in Prince. So I think he's like, I don't think he's officially on the table yet in terms of them like making calls and making attempt, but I think they're willing to listen 
Yeah. And if the price is right, I think, uh, I think they would give him up. Well, who are you guys willing to part with? Because I feel like the pieces that you have that are available aren't either, like someone like, I'm not saying trade CJ, but he would be some, someone that teams are interested in, but you mm-hmm. would expect a lot for him. Like, obviously, if you're giving up CJ, you're not going to want Tory or Prince in return. <laughs> it's, I, I feel like the pieces kind of are, are, are mismatched for what you need and, and what you can give up. Yeah, and that's part of the problem is that besides Dame, CJ, Nurk, which most people want to retain and kind of work everything else around, yeah. but there's not a lot there. I mean, you know, Seth, Seth Curry has been playing nicely of late, but again, uh, I think he's a one or two year deal. He's an undersized guard, so it's not like right. not a lot of value on that. Yeah, he's in. He's a he's a backup small guard, and there, like I know he's played well, but there's a bunch of guards in the NBA who can do exactly that. And the yeah, so I don't even know like who you would be giving up for these type of things. I, that's another thing. Maybe Myers Leonard. I, I don't know if. <laughs> He's expendable to you guys. Oh, How definitely. do you feel about him? Yes, he's expendable. Uh, yeah, just, he's been even back. though he's been playing well, <laughs> even though he's been playing well this year, I would say Portland fans in general would say everyone except for Dame, CJ, Nurk are expendable, and people are even going more and more to the to the fact that CJ might be expendable too. Okay. Yeah. Because that's that, that's and I guess that's my biggest thing with the Blazers. It's a lot of one-on-one basketball that I see, especially when CJ's on the court. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I feel like his style kind of clashes with Dame's. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, if, if I would stop, I think I would kind of stagger their minutes a little bit. I don't know if he does that. This is the thing. I'm not a Blazers fan. I don't die. Like I, I don't watch their games every game to know like what Stotts' rotation is. But I mean, to me, you have two guards that are very similar. CJ's not as good as a passer as Dame. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if the second unit needs help scoring, but like when I think of your second unit, I don't really think of it to be that, I mean, prolific. Am I wrong about that? <laughs> well, that, there's, it, it's weird because like we have that same kind of uh, issue here, like thinking of our bench is because there's games where they have 10 points, but then there's games where they have 56, you know, like yeah. these this last few games, they've had like 49, 56, 48 off the bench. But then you go back a couple of weeks and there's a game with like 13 points. Same guys, no injuries. So it's just, yeah. it's really, really inconsistent. But when they're on, there's a lot of guys, you know, Sauskis, if he can hit a couple of shots, same with Curry. Collins is a nice guy inside. Leonard has been pretty consistent this year. I mean, he's, he's shooting the ball well. And that's, yeah. Which is all you can ask, really. Yeah. He's getting a few. Hey, he got like three blocks last night, so. (laughs) More than he had last year. Yeah, total. (laughs) Man, you guys don't like him. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm not saying I don't like him. I'm just spitting out facts. Yeah, and and with Leonard, I think part of it is because a a few years ago, he had a really good year, and then he kind of took a downturn for a season or two. And so kind of, it, it's like the expectations were there and he didn't meet them. And now he's finally starting to rise a little bit. So his okay. name is kind of thawing out here a little bit. I'll just go with this. I'm very impressed with what Leonard's doing this season. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he is expendable. Got it. Got it. So I want to hear your thoughts here on this, uh, and, and both of you guys as well. Uh, there's a rumor going out that uh, the Blazers might be interested in Jeremy Lin. Let's hear. Let's hear some thoughts. Let's let's start with let's start here in uh, in the Northwest. Anish, what do you got? Um, I am not a big fan of the Blazers acquiring Jeremy Lin. As much as I think Jeremy Lin is a good backup guard, with as much depth as the Blazer ha- Blazers have, they they don't need him. And giving up a first round pick is just overkill. So first of all, you don't even need him. Second of all, you're giving up something. 
you're giving up way too much for him. So I just think that's it's a no brainer that they shouldn't even think about the deal. Yeah, I'm on I'm on board with you. What about you, Wang? Any, any for, different sentiment there? Well, it's for so we're basically what the source said that we would trade him for a first round pick. That's what it said. And yeah, Sean, uh, I think it's pronounced Devaney yeah. of uh, Sporting News said that the website's sources told him that the Blazers were interested in trading a first-round pick for the likes of Jeremy Lin, Terrence Ross, Jonathan Simmons. So what would that, would that just move our rotation down one? So Seth would be like third or fourth, Stoskis would be fourth, and then because Lin is essentially a point guard and a shooting guard. He can play both one and two. I'm just kind of confused where he's going to like, how he's going to improve our team that like at all, yeah. to say the least. I mean, I, it, it's interesting because, you know, we have two other guys on the, uh, on the Hawks that are on our short list also. Uh, so maybe it's, maybe it's just only half the rumor and it's something like Lynn and Bazemore for first round pick and some salary. Uh, I mean, he does have an expiring contract, which is nice. Yeah, that's about the only uh, benefit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like Jeremy Lin as a player. I just don't see where he fits in with your team. I think the last thing you need is another undersized guard who's just taking up space in the in the backcourt. The thing I like about Lin, though, maybe that I would say that you might need as a team is he does have the ability to make plays for other people. Um, right. game, outside of Dame, I really can't think of anybody else on your team who I consider a playmaker. I mean, CJ creates shots for mm-hmm. himself. Um, Besides that, really, who's, who's really creating offense for other people? So I think Lynn can come in and do that for the second unit, maybe even work in tandem with CJ. So when you have CJ out there, somebody else is moving the basketball, and you can sit Dame and rest mm-hmm. him and, and trust the fact that the ball's moving still with CJ out on the court. Uh, outside of that, I don't really know what you would give up for him and why you would need him. Well, actually, what's really helped a lot this year has been Nurk's improvement in um, moving the ball around, yeah. too. He's been really, like a big monument into like getting the ball moved everywhere. Dude, he's this passing is I, it's very comparable kind of to kind of like what no, uh, Jokic is doing in Denver. Yeah. He's moving the ball and just actually like going into the paint and acting like he owns it. Yeah. So yeah, he moves the ball really well. Obviously Jokic is a better passer, but like because of his natural instincts, but Nurkic is doing much better than anyone could have thought. Mm hmm. He, you guys got him for free, basically, too. Yeah. I remember, right? You yep. get, like Mason Plumley, <laughs> Mason Plumley, and we got a first round pick. And you got a first round pick. Yeah, it turned into Zach pick. Collins, I believe, right? Oh wow, yeah. that's solid. Yeah, that was so. That was a fire sale. <laughs> oh my god, I like Nurkic a lot. I really do. I, I mean, the thing about the Blazers too. It's sometimes like when I talk about my friends about the Blazers, it's like I, they kind of remind me like if you were to name Dame. And name CJ and name Nurkic. It's kind of like the Nuggets where you name Murray, Harris, Jokic. And it's like maybe they could kind of switch their identity and turn into the Nuggets a little bit. But then I think about everybody else on the team. It's like it just wouldn't work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and that, that big three right there is kind of, they're kind of similar, but like yeah. the rest of the roster is structured drastically differently. I feel yeah, like. it's a very oddly constructed roster to me. And usually when I, I don't like a team or, or think a team is not for real, it's because of the superstar. Like, for instance, OKC, I'll never really trust Westbrook. But in this case, I really like Dame. I just feel like the way this roster is constructed, it doesn't really make too much sense to me. There's talent on the roster, mm-hmm. but I just can't see them getting over the hump. They, they need a lot of different pieces. Mm-hmm. We just need more slashers, period. I got a slasher and, here. And shooters. I mean, Stauskas can shoot, but outside of Stauskas, Curry, is he shooting better Curry's now, shooting right? at 50% three-point range. Okay. Leonard's you know, been shooting well at 40. Right? What's that? 
Didn't Curry get off to like a really slow start? He did. I know Stout is, They didn't Stout give him much. It, it was more. I think it was more because of the playing time at the beginning yeah. of the year. Yeah. He was Stotts wasn't giving him much playing time compared to Stoskis, who was getting probably like Got 15 it. minutes a game. Got it. But okay. now he's been like he's kind of switched it around where Curry's getting mm-hmm. the load and Stoskis is now only getting like five eight minutes. Yeah, he's had a okay. couple like uh, coaches' decisions. No playing time the last few games. Stauskas, okay. that is. It. But uh, I got a slasher on my on my list. Uh, Wang, Portland native Terrence Ross. T. Ross, he's also a Husky. That's true. Yeah, he's got he's on an expiring deal, ten and a half mil. Uh, if Orlando doesn't think they're going to make that push, that could be somebody that becomes expendable. Yeah, he's, he's 27 too, and I mean, this is he's kind of had a resurgent year because I think he left UW as a true. He might have left as a true freshman. I, could I think be he wrong. played. He played two years. He played two years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he left right after that, and then he kind of like did okay at the beginning uh, in the NBA. Went back to the G League, kind of fell off, and now he's with Orlando at 27, kind of trying to find himself again. And he's having a he's having a pretty decent year, shooting around 39 percent. At the three, averaging 13, I think, a game and like four, mm-hmm. which is nice. So I, I would really love Terrence Ross too. He's an explosive dude. He, he plays both up and down the court. Yeah, and yeah. Big thing is he's 39% shooting from three. Yeah. Which is, you know, that'll help our offense a lot. Josh, what do you think about Terrence Ross? I like Terrence Ross a lot as a player. Uh, I think he fits in a lot. Uh, I, would, I would go for him. I, I would just prefer someone like. Like, I don't think he's going to put you over the top. I think he fits in very nicely. I think he'd be, like, that last piece of the puzzle if that's what you guys needed. But, like, for instance, someone to me, like an auto porter, would make you significantly better. I know it's expensive. I don't know what you'd give up. But I would prefer someone like that. But I, I do like Terrence Ross as a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I, I think I do, I do understand where your point is coming from, but it's really hard with the resources and the, right. the climate that Portland has to get that third true superstar or not even yeah. true superstar just a third star in general it's going to be have to it's going to have to be done through a trade and our contracts and assets are aren't set up the greatest right now right yeah i think that that's what makes it really tough because the blazers are kind of they're on that on the top of that second tier there in the west you know and right. uh, they're they're fighting for it so it's just like everybody thinks if we just had that one more piece but then there's not really a, a feasible way for us to really get that piece. So it's kind of frustrating as a fan. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, like I said, I don't know what assets you would give up in a trade. The only asset you really have is CJ, but then you have to kind of fill CJ's shoes if you trade him. Mm-hmm, exactly. So it's, it's, it's a paradox. It's, it's unfortunate because I think you should keep CJ and try to find a way to stagger his minutes with game, maybe get another playmaker on there and, but then you need a 3D guy, and then it's, it's just <laughs> there's yeah. a lot. There's yeah. A lot. So let's uh, let's see let's see this. Um, you get one player to pick. Everybody gets one player to pick to trade in. Somebody reasonable. You know, we're not out going out there and getting Anthony Davis. But who uh, who would you guys target? Who would you go and get? I'd go with Jamal Murray. You think Denver's going to get rid of Jamal Murray? <laughs> I mean, well, when you say we can trade anyone, right? No, but I meant like just like based off like kind of our ballpark. Yeah, our price range. <laughs> uh, Anish, you go first. I got to think about this. I'm still going to go with uh, Torian Prince. I just think he's a he's a good defender, great size, athletic, can shoot the ball at a average to above average clip and has developing uh, ball skills he's not the greatest uh, one-on-one score or whatever but 
he he's still youngish. I think he's twenty five. Um, and if he improves, that's great. If not, three and D players are extremely valuable valuable in the NBA. And so, mm-hmm. just having that as a baseline is good enough for me. Okay. Jabari Parker. <laughs> uh, Jabari. Dre, Dre's, Dre's Jabari saying Parker. over here Jabari Parker, but me and Dre had a little debate, and I don't like Jabari Parker, even though he's a Duke. Oh, I just no. his offense is awesome but his defense is no no yeah me me and wang are uh, no on the jabari parker bandwagon but uh dre is firmly on that uh, so what well, yeah what are your thoughts on jabari I'm, I'm, i'd be off that bandwagon yeah <laughs> definitely not on the jabari parker bandwagon. he doesn't play defense i think his game is more suited for what the game used to be where it's mid-range going to the hoop he's not going to hit the three consistently i i, I don't know i wouldn't want him to support him yeah, and he's got to be on the court too. I mean, like last the last few seasons, he's played like fifty games or less. Yeah, the most he's played at any season, I think, was like seventy six games. Two ACL injuries. That's that's going to do some damage. Uh, the weather up here doesn't do well with knees. So yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if I had to pick one, uh, I would probably go with you, Anish. I'd go with with Prince. Uh, and if he if he was off the table, I'd probably go with uh, Ross, just as like a spark plug guy guy to get some extra scoring. Uh, those would be my my go tos, I think, as far as like reasonable cost, feasible trades. <laughs> um, I'd probably end up actually going with Kent Bazemore. Mm-hmm. Watching him play at Golden State and at Atlanta, I could see him potentially. If we have off nights where Nurk isn't going to be that third, or CJ's not going to be that second guy, Kent Bazemore can be that shooter that can just spark the plug for us. Mm-hmm. So I like Bazemore a lot. And what do you think, Josh? I same. I, I go with Baysmore as well. I think he can pick up the slack if you guys need it. He can shoot the three. Now, Terrence Ross would be a close second for me. Uh, I just can't see you giving him the ball and kind of having him do his thing if, if you need him to. Mm-hmm. I, I think Baysmore just fits in better. I see. So it's kind of interesting that uh, we we're spending all this time talking about trade rumors. This you know last few days here in Portland. Because the Blazers are off to a five and one start in 2019. Since the uh, Christmas Day massacre against Utah, <laughs> we're seven and two. So, I mean, and granted, some of those teams have been patsies, you know, with, with Chicago and uh, sorry to say this, but New York. Uh, no offense taken. But you know, we do have wins against Golden State and Houston uh, and Philadelphia. So those are some quality wins. And so it's interesting that all this trade rumor comes right now, which kind of makes me think that. The, you know, behind the scenes, Portland's going to be turning into a buyer because why would we be talking about trades when we're doing so well? Right. Uh, but let's get into these last uh, last few games here last week. Uh, 4-0. and I was thinking probably 3-1. and I thought Harden was just going to come in. I mean, he did come in 38 points, lights out, but I thought he would he was going to put him over the hump. So I had him in 3-1 and for this week. They went 4-0, and though. Uh, and I liked it because... It's been really, really balanced this this whole week. There hasn't been like guys scoring forty points and other guys, you know, in the in the single digits. It's been very, very balanced. Nurk seems like a brand new player all over. Like Nurk Fevers came back on January first and it hasn't left yet. Uh, what do you got, Anish? Yeah. So in the Northwest, there's been some rumblings about Nurkic being an All Star. What do you think about that? <laughs> I, I think he's absolutely an All Star. He's been playing phenomenally. You seen his numbers like that? <laughs> it's absurd. I mean, the thing is, what are they saying? They can't really. Uh, I haven't even paid attention to the All Star voting. To be honest, with you. I think it's ridiculous that Luka Doncic is in front of Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah. But um, what are they saying? That he's just not going to get in front of Jokic for the front court's too crowded. 
who, who are they putting over him? Uh, I, w- I mean, I'd probably say in terms of centers itself, Anthony Davis, Jokic are easily right. the top two. And then I think if you, were to, if you were to put in a third big man, it would be down to him, Steven Adams, Carl Steven Anthony Adams, Towns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Towns. I don't know. Nurkic is having such a crazy season. Yeah. I, I, would put, I would put him in front of both of them, I'll be honest. I mean, Minnesota got off to a slow start. Um, and I, Steve I, Adams is good. He's I can't justify guy, but, putting three all-stars on OKC, assuming that Russ makes it. Yeah, I agree. And Steven Adams has having a great year. But, I mean, Nurk, he's, he's, I, I, I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league right now. He's killing it. And with the minutes here. he's playing, sheesh. The amount of yeah. minutes he's playing and he's putting up these numbers, that's yeah. crazy. He's ba- yeah, he's barely playing over half the game. He's, probably, he's in the, like the 26, 27-minute range. So yeah, I mean, if he doesn't make it, it's because Carl Anthony Towns has the name and then Steven Adams. I, I, don't, I can't see. I don't know why Steven Adams would make it over him. <laughs> Maybe just a fan base thing or votes. But and that I fan base is 50%. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It's, it's stupid. Yeah, I don't know. I think the only reason Steven Adams would be in the conversation over Nurkic is probably just for like longevity. Like he's been around a little bit longer, and not that he's been like All Star quality all those years, but like name, you know, brand recognition. And Whereas Nurkic is kind of like a newcomer the last year. year but he's or got so. some European like, and he's got uh, he's leading the de- the league leading defense. So like, I'm not yeah. I'm not yeah. saying he should be over Nurkic, but that's the argument for mm-hmm. him. Yeah, but then again, Nurkic Nurkic is way more than the team. I. I I wouldn't say way more. I guess they play similar roles, but I don't know. I, I just like Nurkic better, so I would vote for Nurkic. No, yeah. I think we all agree, especially like, being yeah. Blazer fans. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like we have a little role reversal go, going. We're all, we're all arguing for Steven Adams, and, and he's arguing for, uh, for Nurkic. What's going on here? Let's remember our allegiances here, guys. But, I mean, one thing I'm really impressed, and we talked about this last week in the uh, podcast with our New Year's resolutions, is my thing was more giving like spreading the ball. And this last week, we're averaging 27, uh, 27, almost 28, 27.75 assists per game, which is like eight more than we averaged last year, seven more than we averaged per game last year. Uh, and we're 4-0 through that stretch. And if you, even if you date it back to Christmas Day, uh, my season starts on Christmas Day. So <laughs> even if you date it back to then, we're still at like 26 assists a game which is significantly higher than last year. And I think that's kind of attributed to the, the better play and the, the ball movement and also the balanced scoring. And you can like see, especially in these last five homestand games we've had, we're letting the ball just naturally flow. The ball's just moving so smooth. And then that's how you're going to get these assists. And like people are feeling more comfortable. And what I, I was saying earlier, like these three past games we had against the Hornets, the Knicks, and um, who was the other team we played? Bulls. Uh, the Bulls. Those are um, great, like morale boosters for like our secondary play, like secondary players on the team. That's gonna help, like, flow into the next um, games we have. Especially since we've already played twenty-five home games compared to, I think we've played the most home games compared to any other other team in the NBA right now. So. And our schedule has gone a lot easier compared to the first half of the mm-hmm. season. Yeah, it's starting to lighten up, definitely. And I think it's a good sign for you guys. I mean, because if you ask me about the Blazers, like my first thought goes to, well, we don't really move the basketball. And that's a big reason why I don't really believe in the Blazers in the first place. I'm the type of person when I watch basketball, I love ball movement. That's why I right. love the Nuggets. They just whip the ball around and they shoot threes, but everyone, everyone's moving. Everyone mm-hmm. knows their role. The ball's moving and it looks beautiful with me when I watch the Blazers. It's a lot of one-on-one 
and Beam and CJ are so talented that you can get away with it. But when it comes down to the playoffs, I mean, you saw last year the game it has an yeah. all series, and it's, you do, you, you're going nowhere. So that's what I think about with the Blazers. You know, I didn't know that that you just dished out about the assist. And to me, it's like okay, now as a critic of the Blazers, is that an anomaly or is that who the Blazers are becoming? Because I think they need to become that in order to be even remotely successful. They can't mm-hmm. revert, revert back to just giving the ball to game, giving the ball to CJ because they're not going to go anywhere. So I know you said the Blazers are at the top of your second tier. If they continue to move the ball like this, could you see them moving into your first tier in the Western Conference? They would need to make a trade for someone, um, like a wing player. They desperately need that. I mean, Mo Harkless is starting for you guys. I mean, he was like, he's a nice player, but he's not someone who I picture starting for a first-tier type of team. I, they would need to make a trade for 10 days more, and days more would need to come in and play very well for me to even move him up, mm-hmm. yeah. Here's my question. So you wouldn't have Aminu who will go all out on defense, who's averaging around nine, ten points a game with eight rebounds a game on a top tier team being that fourth or fifth guy? Fourth or fifth guy, maybe, but Amino to me and correct me if I'm wrong, like I said, I don't want okay. a lot of Blazers basketball, yeah. but like I feel like he's very inconsistent with scoring. It's like he's averaging you said ten around ten points. Yeah. A game. So it'd be like he'd give you five and then he'll give you like seventeen. It's like there's no consistency with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not far so, off. I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's kind of how, yeah, for sure. And that's, and I think Mo Harkless is the same way. That's when I think of Mo, I, I think the same thing. So to me, it's like, yeah, you're going to get production from them every once in a while, but then you have nights where you don't get production from them whatsoever. I mean, someone can average 12 points a game, but it's how you average 12 points a game. Maybe baseball comes in and every game he's giving you 12, 13, 12, 13, mm-hmm. 14, as opposed to two one night and then 19 the next night. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And that, that matters, and I feel like that's the thing with the Blazers. You know what you're getting from Dame. You know what you're getting from CJ and, and now Nerd, but you know the rest of the pieces, like you said, with your bench, it's, what are we going to do today? <laughs> what are we getting today? <laughs> Who's going to show and up I, today? Yeah, and, I, and that's the big problem I have with the Blazers, and I think I, I attribute a lot of that to the lack of ball, you know? Yeah. And who's responsible for the lack of ball movement? And it goes, okay, well, maybe CJ is a little bit, but you don't want to get rid of CJ because he's one of the most talented players. So then you guys are in this crazy, weird paradox that is, unfortunately, I don't know if you can fix this season. It's like we're in a basketball purgatory. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's hard to argue, uh, you know, with the... There's a there's a really strong correlation between assists and winning, and if the Blazers keep it up, I think that they, as they should, I think they could continue to rise and maybe get into that fourth spot, uh, get home court advantage again. Uh, but aside from that, you know, the Blazers are off to a good, uh, dare I say, killer start. Uh, but you know who else is off to a killer start in 2019 is our good friends Killer Burger. Uh, they're slated to open a brand new store out in Cedar Hills, Beaverton, that's actually going to be owned and operated by Oregon Duck legend LaMichael James. Some of you might know him from the uh, 49ers. Uh, so that's going to be brand o- that's gonna be, uh, opening on Monday, uh, this coming Monday, or actually when you're listening to this, this past Monday. So make sure if you guys are in the Beaverton area, you go and check that out and let them know that Blazer Gang sent you uh, and let us know on, on Twitter too if you make it out there take, take a pic and take us uh, we want to know we want to know about that so moving forward uh, we got a couple of fan questions and it's kind of what we've talked about uh, already uh, but the bench since the new year started they're averaging 38 points a game 
44 during this last week, but is that actually sustainable? And I think Anish and Wang, you guys might have a little better grasp on this from watching all the games, but what do you think? We had the same question a couple weeks ago, so. I think to an extent, um, I think a big thing is, and again, I don't want to trash on Harkless, but him being out has provided us consistency in terms of who we know is playing and or who the or who the players know is playing and how many minutes they're going to get. With Harkless being in and out of the lineup, you would get a variation in who was playing and who wasn't. It would throw people off the rhythm. I think that contributed a little bit to our struggles. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, I think now that Lehman is now in the starting lineup and Lehman's playing really well, the bench is able to figure out its role uh, consistently across the board, and that, that's really helping them. I don't think they're going to continue the 56 or close to 50 points a night pace, but 30, 35, 40, I think that's a good number. Mm -hmm. How about you, Wang? Is the bench for real? I, I think they are. Uh, the first half of the season, I, it was more just kind of, as Dre was saying before, are we experimenting with what we're trying to do with this team? And I think that's what the first half of the season was. And now that Stotts is kind of put into second gear, which every team in the second half of the season kind of puts, they're like, oh, now it's time to actually work and see where we're going to actually place in the um, playoffs, uh, where we're going to be seated. Uh, that's what has made Stotts realize how he's going to actually work these guys together in different units. And these players have finally figured out ways to move the ball around together. Um, like we were saying earlier, Nurk has been able to um, be an instrumental part of this offensive flow that has helped create not just our first unit, but help set up our second unit. Because now that we have this new kind of flow where Nurkic has been moving the ball around everywhere, it changes up the whole schematic defense for the opposition team. And that um, changes it up so that now they can't figure out what, how we're going to make rotations with our bench and how our bench is going to be able to open up you know, their offensive flow of the game. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think our bench is going to be like this for a while. I mean, like as Manish was saying, now 50 points every game is ridiculous. But when we do score 50 points, we're undefeated. What is it, 6 or 7 and 0? Yeah, so, it's hard to beat a team if they have 50 yeah, points but, off the bench. I mean, I'll take 35 or 40 a game any day. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I th both these questions that we have, they kind of they go together because we, the, first, the first one we just asked is, is this bench for real? The next one is, Seven, seven out of nine since Christmas Day has the team in, in general figured it out, which I would say they have, but the key is to keep it up and not revert back to the mean. Because we saw at the beginning of the year, we started out hot with ball movement, got off to a great start, and then we went right back into iso ball. Right. Uh, and now we're in the situation where we've kind of worked those kinks out and ironed it out, and we're back into ball movement and playing well, but are we going to revert back to you know or regress back to iso ball again which if we don't there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to keep this up and i do want to add that i'm not 100 percent sold like i said because like i don't want to forget about what happened to us last year mm -hmm. when we got super hot and then kind of you know what happened in the playoffs <laughs> but uh and and then to add to that you know injuries can always be a huge setback not mm -hmm. saying anything's going to happen knock on wood but you never know with that too yeah I think the Harkless one is, is, like Anish was saying, it's a real weird one because it, nobody really knows when he's going to be back. No one really knows when he's playing, when he's not playing. And so as, as a role player, if you could go from starting or playing 20 minutes, but then if he's healthy, 
now you're not playing at all, it kind of can mess with your psyche a little bit, and you might not be as prepared as you would be otherwise knowing. So I've, and I've heard a lot of people saying just shut them down, and I agree with that. I think we should shut them down. We're playing well without them. Let them get healthy. There's no reason to have them playing two games just to sit out three. You know, you got some niche? Yeah, Josh. Uh, Evan Turner this year has been taking, uh, kind of taking CJ's role as the second unit point guard, and he's actually been yeah. doing relatively well on it. What do you think about that? Do you think? How do you think? Do you think that he should be getting those touches over CJ, even though? CJ's um, arguably a better player, or not arguably, arguably a better fit for that role, but Evan Turner is obviously high contract player and they need to have him fit right. somewhere. So what yeah, do you think I, about that? That's the thing with, you know, the reason why the Blazers put up Evan Turner wasn't for this. <laughs> so it, it kind of sucks that it, that's what it is. But um, I don't know, you tell me honestly, I mean, when I think Evan Turner, I, I think massive contract and, and underachieving and you know, when I watched him play, I, nothing really had stood out to me. So it, you telling me that is actually a surprise. And I didn't know he was leading the second team, like as the point guard. So mm-hmm. um, is he? It was is he just having run the offense? What is he doing over there? Well, he kind of runs like point forward with that second okay. unit. Uh, but again, it's not like he's dishing out seven assists a night. He's you know dishing out like three to four, and you know four to five rebounds. And I don't know what he's averaging for points, but it seems you know he'll have seven. Seven or eight, you know, so he has two point nights, but he has 12 point nights. Uh, it's yeah. just, he can't shoot the three. <laughs> like a roof. I mean, he, went, he made one last night. Yeah, right? he did. So. He made one. I was like, because on my last podcast, I was just saying how, how Aminu kind of freaks me out when he shoots, but Evan Turner is even, I hurts my eyes even more because he's shooting like, <laughs> yeah. I'd rather watch Chief shoot every single day than watch Evan Turner shoot. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Well, Turner's oh. shooting at 16%. <laughs> <laughs> After he made one yesterday, uh, can so, we get a mic drop right there? <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, here's what I'll say: CJ to me, if you're going to have CJ on the court, like he, he needs someone who's going to distribute the ball so the offense just doesn't get stuck with him. So if, if Turner's providing that, um, I, I think you just stick with it. But I think someone like you, I mean, like, we talked to him before, and I don't mm-hmm. know if you know you have the players to match or if he's even worth getting. But someone like Jeremy Lin would help the Blazers out a lot, like at least the seven minutes. I just don't know. It's worth getting him for what he would be giving up. Uh, we did a we did a uh, Twitter poll, and six uh, percent, just six percent of people voted yes for Jeremy Lin. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. What was the question exactly? It was just was it the options, or was it just do we do we or do we not want Jeremy Lin? Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. So it was like Kent Bazemore, uh, Jeremy Lin. Oh, Terrence yeah. Ross and Simmons and uh, Jonathan Simmons. Oh yeah, in that case, yeah, I'm not, I'm not putting one even. And I, I rumors out there that it's for a first round pick. I don't know if he's even worth a first round pick. Yeah. but I do think he can help the Blazers out significantly, at least the second unit. I would like to know who those six percent of people are who pick. pick <laughs> it's actually Lynn at five percent now. Over those guys, it's at five percent now. <laughs> like it wasn't just a yes or no, Lynn, yes or no. I could see six percent for that, but. To pick it, pick no, him over I'm these other guys. On this team over everybody. It might be some people who like haven't watched basketball for like three or four years. And <laughs> they so, think they're still living in Lynn Sanity. Yeah, actually, that was they, five. They probably still Six think he's in ago. New York. Yeah, best three weeks of my life. 
<laughs> I bet, man. That was the best, like, best three weeks of my life, too. I was watching this, oh, so I was like, oh, it was yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, this guy uh, from Harvard just going ham, right? It was fantastic. I missed it. I mean, I, I knew it wouldn't hold up, but it, it, it was fun well I think yeah. I think it's crazy. Blazer fans, like, think we have it so bad. Like I like I know like we have ups and downs, but being a Knicks fan, <laughs> Lynn Sanity being the, the best fire. moment of your life, oh, that's got to be that's, that's got to be rough. <laughs> it, 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 no, man, listen, I, I I will openly admit that yes, it is rough. It is awful. Blazer fans, listen, you had one of the best point guards. In, you had one of the best players in the league. Honestly, one of the most underappreciated players in the league. And um, I think one of my guests last week on my uh, latest episode said that if it wasn't for Steph Curry, Damian Little would mm-hmm. talk about all. The time, and it's true. Like Dame is one of the best three point shooters I've ever seen, ever. But it, you see Steph taking step backs from like forty feet out, and you just forget that Dame even exists. The so Blazer fans, enjoy what you have right now because you have something special. I don't know if it'll lead to a championship, but it's still good basketball. And yeah, it's the yeah. Blazer days. So, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you don't know what you got till it's gone. So, uh, Blazer fans out there, make sure you appreciate uh, Dame while he's here because you never know what tomorrow may bring. Yeah, because when you and left, I thought that I'd see better days than I haven't. So. <laughs> <laughs> when, when were you guys ab- over 500? Was that like 2010, 2011? Two, uh, Carmelo 2014, Stoudemire? 2014 season. Oh, 2000, uh, oh. Was, that was when, uh, yeah, and the first year when Stoudemire came, 2010, yeah, that was the first year that you went over 500 when right. you traded for Melo. Mm-hmm. And then the next year they were over five. And then that one year where Melo just went off for, they had 54 wins. I like that squad. That squad was nice. Yeah, that was, was too bad. That was a fun two K team. I'll tell you. Yeah, that. <laughs> I love. I actually love the as much of a mellow fan that I was. I actually liked the Knicks in that first start of my year before they made the mellow trade with Gallinari, Wilson, Chandler. That was that, a that is, good front court. Yeah. Honestly, that was my second favorite Knicks team of all time, aside from like the Knicks team I grew up on, like the '94 Knicks. I loved that team. I was so heartbroken. <laughs> David Lee was a beast too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. David Lee was one of my favorite players. So let's uh, let's look forward to this uh, next week here for the Blazer season. Uh, we just talked about their hot start to start uh, 2019, but we got a really big test coming up Sunday against Denver. Uh, it's in the Mile High City. Nurkic is coming back home, you know, where he was drafted. And he always he always plays pretty pretty damn well against the Nuggets, uh, and with the way he's been playing lately. He might be in for a big night. Maybe he's got a, a chip on his shoulder and wants to, you know, show Denver a little something, something. Uh, what What are you guys' predictions for that game? Not not necessarily a score, but uh, how do you think we're going to do? Yeah, I I agree. Denver is going to be a tough matchup. It um I think one of our Blazer Gang me- um, members actually said it right, Eric. Uh, shout out to Eric Longbine. He said this could be actually one of the best marquee matchups of the season if all goes right on Sunday. Like. This, is this game televised on ESPN? Yeah, is it? ESPN. That's, I'm glad it is because this is going to be a two, especially obviously we know Denver is a great ball-moving team, but now us who can move the ball around really well, this should be, mm-hmm. this should be like some good fundamental basketball. That's going to be, it's going to be a really um, competitive match. High scoring, I bet. Yeah. I hope the Blazers win, but I, I think it's 50-50 right now, especially in Denver where, yeah. Yeah, Barton's coming back. Yeah, Barton's back after yeah. that injury he had. I see. Uh, that's the crazy thing with the Nuggets is they Will have Barton's been out. Paul Gary Millsap's ha- out. Gary Harris has been injured. Yeah. Michael Porter Jr. hasn't even touched the floor. No. Like, Trey Lyles. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, and well, they're still hurt. number one. They're still stacked. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. 
And, and it's funny because I remember early in the year, a lot, uh, not a lot of people, but I did hear some people picking them as seventh, eighth seed, maybe the first team out. And I couldn't, I couldn't see that. I didn't think they would be number one, but I saw them definitely as a playoff team. Uh, but I just think it's funny thinking of people who picked them as a ninth seed or something, and now they're sitting pretty at the top of the top of the conference. Yeah. Uh, so after Denver, we've got a back-to-back flying overnight to Sacramento. I think that should be a win. Uh, last game on on New Year's Day was when Nurk had his five for five. Uh, that was a really, really fun game with, to watch. With the with the 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 20 points, 20 rebounds. Uh, what was it? Five blocks, five uh, steals, and Six, I don't remember how this is. Something yeah. like that. So hopefully he can uh, replicate that at least to some degree, and I think that should be a, a pretty good W. And then we got Wednesday at home again versus the dumpster fire that is Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then the interesting one will be Friday. New Orleans comes to town. Uh, I know we've already we've already played them this year, but Twice, right? But still, after what happened to us last year, like it's a sour taste in my mouth seeing New Orleans, especially in the Rose Garden or what formerly known as the Rose Garden. <laughs> just call it the Rose Garden. <laughs> I refuse to call it the Moda Center. Yeah. Well, you just did. <laughs> so again, I'm I'm gonna go with like uh, what I said last week, uh, three and one. If we go four and zero, oh, I'll be ecstatic. What do What do you guys think on that stretch? Um, I'm I'm gonna say two and two because I really think Sacramento is a tough team to play because of their. I think I've said it either here before or in my articles. Sacramento is such a tough team to play because of their pace. Mm-hmm. And I think that affects teams a lot. And it'll be the second of a back-to-back after another tough game against Denver. Yeah. And uh, New Orleans are just getting everyone back. Peyton's back. Miritich is back. Mm-hmm. So they have the, the same team. They finally have the same team that opened the year with that big win against the Rockets and looked, that looked so good early in the year. And I think that'll be a tough matchup because you have Alfred Payton, Drew Holiday, Miritich, Davis with Randall coming off the bench, plug in Etwan Moore, whatever whoever they have that they're currently starting. Say they're Moore, Darius Miller, and that's a solid starting five. And they're gonna. And as much as I, as much as a being a Blazers fan, and hate to say it, that healthy team is really tough, and they're a good team. They are. It's kind of wild because aren't they like second from last in the West? Yeah, but they've. Yeah. But I think that's mostly because of their injuries, <laughs> oh, because Miritich has been out. They're actually uh, 11th. I mean, they're tied for 13th, but they're actually 11th, so it's better than I thought. But yeah, they have had a lot of injuries, yeah, in, Peyton, guys in and out. So. Peyton and uh, Miritich have missed pretty much the whole year. Josh, what do you think about the Pelicans, pre-injury and uh, post-injury? I, mean, pre- I, I was high on them this year. I mean, seeing what happened you know, in, against Portland last year and then I thought they would take another step forward. I like Julius Randle a lot. I thought them acquiring him was going to be a big deal. Um, they need help on the wing, just kind of like the Blazers, I feel like. But I, I thought they'd be good. I thought they'd be like a 560, so I'm kind of disappointed in them this year. Um, I'm going with one and three. Ooh. So And that and then our alone win is going to be against the Dumpster Fire Cavs. Uh, the, the Nuggets game is going to be really close. We are eight and ten away. And like I said, we've already played 25 home games. I'm not still sold on 
I, like I said earlier, I like how we're moving the ball and everything really well, but this was against um, some lower-class teams from the Eastern Conference. So that obviously can build up, which is why I think we could flip that to, a, instead of a 1-3, a 3-1, but I'm pushing more towards a 1-3. And, and those losses against um, Sacramento, like uh, Anish was saying, how they are a really fast team to keep up with. And mm -hmm. that could that could um, hurt us, especially because we're playing at Sacramento as well. And then New Orleans, they have Miritich back, like Anish was saying again. And with Miritich and Peyton now healthy, they they can do some damage. And they're twenty and twenty two, so they're not out of the playoff contention as well. You know, speaking of Miritich, I seem to uh, remember a time around this time last year when he was on the trade market, and we didn't make a move. No, <laughs> we did not. A guy like that no. would have been fit real nicely. Uh, but anyway, so three and we three and one, two and two, one and three. What about you, Josh? I got them at two and two. I think they lose on the road and win both of their home games. Denver, I just think Denver's the better team. It's hard to go in there and win under the simple fact that they got to fly to Sacramento, play a back to back against a Kings team that just loves to run after just playing a full game in Denver. Like it, <laughs> it just doesn't mm -hmm. bode well. It's, it, it, I don't think that's good for them. But I do think they kill Cleveland. And I do think they beat the Pelicans at home. I, you know, I think Damian Lillard, when he went through what he went through last year, it, it kind of takes a toll on you. I think he kind of circles every game with the Pelicans <laughs> this year. I think he's going to put on a performance. And I think the Blazers, Blazers are a better team than the Pelicans. I don't like what I've seen from the Pelicans this year. There's something that's off. And I don't know if it was playoff Rondo that got him going last year in the playoffs because they weren't that sought after going into the playoffs anyway last yeah. year. So maybe they returned to the need. And I think that the Blazers are a better team than the Pelicans. And being that it's home with the revenge factor, I think they get the win. I like it. I like it. We'll, we'll have to check back in next week to see uh, how these predictions go. But anyway, we'll, we'll wrap this up for today. Uh, make sure you guys are checking us out on blazergonian.com. We've got our game day forums up there. A lot of our writers are tapping into those so you can have a little back and forth with them, pick their brains a little bit. Uh, and while you're there, Grab some merchandise. Uh, we do have our brand new Rise Above series that's going to drop next week on the 19th of January, which is our eighth anniversary. So shout out to Blazer Gang. Eight years, still going strong. Uh, follow us on all your social media platforms. Like I said, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're now on uh, Google. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, iTunes, so make sure you guys are doing that uh, if you haven't already. And if you'd be so kind, uh, subscribe and rate our podcast. We love to hear the feedback, and uh, we want to know what you guys want to hear. Uh, after all, we do this for the fans, as fans, for the fans. Uh, so make sure you guys are uh, checking in on all that stuff. Uh, and also, I want to give a huge, huge thank you to Josh Rodriguez for being on the podcast with us today. Make sure and check out his podcast, which is uh, the Dime NBA. Uh, it's got some great in-depth analysis in the NBA as a whole. Uh, where can they find you in your podcast, Josh? So you can find the Dime's Twitter. It's at, at the Dime NBA on Twitter. And then I'm personally at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore on Twitter. The Dime with Josh Rodriguez is on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, pretty much all the major platforms. Yeah, well, if you need a Blazer voice in the future on your podcast, you've got uh, a few of them sitting right here. Just give us a ring, and we'll be there in a, in a jiffy. We'll defend uh, defend our boys to the death. So, <laughs> Just make sure you fly us, fly us down to Los Angeles or New yeah. York or wherever you are. 
wherever you may be. We want to do day. it in person. <laughs> oh, you want to do it in person? That's a lot of pressure, guys, but I'll try. <laughs> it's uh, on you, though. And also, okay. uh, yep. we, we can't wrap it up without giving credit where credit is due. A uh, special thank you to all our producers, Derek, Brian, and Joey, uh, doing all the hard work behind the scenes. Uh, Henry V Productions for giving us this awesome studio to work, work in every weekend. Uh, we are forever indebted and grateful for to you guys for doing that. And, uh, of course, Killer Burger. Uh, for these wonderful Jose Mendoza burgers we had today with uh, the green chilies on top, roasted green chilies. Very nice touch. Uh, commit to the burger. <laughs> Thanks again for being with us, Josh. Really appreciate it. We'll, we'll keep in touch, and uh, we'll be following your podcast too. Absolutely, guys. I'm definitely going to have each and every single one of you on, <laughs> mark my words. All right. I marked it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again. Hey, right on, Josh. Man. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate you, man. All right, appreciate you guys. Thank you for having yeah. me. Thank you. All right, thank you. I don't want to rip this city, man. Rip city. I rip my city. Portland 503. I need to stand up right now. I told you when I see with G. We got what you want. We got what you need. Come and light it up, up. Come and join the team. We got what you want. We got what you need. Come and light it up, up. Come and join the team. Blazer gang. Blazer gang. Blazer, gang, blazer, gang, we got what you want, we got what you need, come in.